Combat Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated to UFC, Bellator discussion, the MMA community, and combat sports. In general, I'm your host, Ryan Smith, coming to you live from Orlando, Florida. And joining me this week is the man who loved the kids, KC Onyebuchi. I just realized why we threw that in there, and I despised you. <laughs> <laughs> and the Star Wars connoisseur and the man we are thankful for being off camera this week, John Keyes. You know what? I'm not even going to be mad at you for that because being sick sucks. And if my voice goes out on me or if I get all high pitchy, I do apologize to all, everybody out there. But, you know, I've been fighting the strep, so I'm not at my 100% best, but I will do my best this week. No, I, I, I was, wish I could. I was just, I was, that was just a veiled calling you ugly statement. Yeah, you know, I, and I'm not the prettiest dude. Let's put it out there. <laughs> uh, you know, my girlfriend barely, you know, tolerates me. The kids laugh at me when I'm eating cereal and stuff. You know, that's what uh, it is. All right. Hey, the UFC <laughs> rolled into London for UFC fight night in Masvidal versus Till, but the fans were barely breathing in the O2 arena as they gasped at the shocking outcome of the main event. British striking was put to the test this week, but American merged as the king of the UK. So let's get into the official decision and look at the events in the ring so we can talk about what happened outside of the ring. This is the official decision. This is the official decision. This is where we look at the fights that happened on Saturday night. But before we do that, guys, I'm surprised that y'all didn't stop me and just be like, Ryan, how come you're not even speaking proper English? Like, it's... I, I, how many words did I mispronounce in that intro? <laughs> a bunch, but I think you wanted to roll with it. I, I know you made it sound so good. I was like, "Hey, if he if he's feeling it, he's feeling it, man." I'm like, "Let him go." Yeah, okay, yeah. So I was like, "I'm, I'm going to the driver's seat." Recently, I realized how hard that is. So I was just like, "I'm I refuse to criticize." <laughs> yeah, yeah. An American emerged as the king of the UK. There we go. I just I I, I can't let it not be said properly. So um, there you go. Um, so there were four fights that we're going to talk about on the card. Um, Nathaniel Wood defeated Jose Quiones. Last week I said Quinones, and no one corrected me on that either. So Jose Quiones. Nathaniel Wood won by submission in round two. Dominic Reyes robbed Volkan Ozdemir via split decision. I, I actually I can't be too mad at it. Because it was a split decision. And I always say, if it's a split decision for a close fight, that means that one round must have gone, could have gone either way. Never leave it in the hands of the judge. That's all I got to say about that. That's the rule. Leon Edwards defeated Gunner Gunny Nelson via split decision. That knockdown must have been really, really, really important. Called it. <laughs> wow. The Nostradamus of the of the MMA world has yet again struck. Yeah, and, and it's true. I mean, we, we, we both had Leon Edwards in that fight. Um, it was a closer fight than I thought it was going to be, though. I thought Leon Edwards was going to was going to be in, in in control really the whole time. But Gunner was was game. So yep. um, it, it was a close fight. Split decision. I'll take it. And in the main event, Jorge Masvidal defeated Darren Till via knockout in round two. 
you know, there's a lot of hype around Darren Till. Like everyone thought that Darren Till was going to be the next great challenger for the title. They gave him a fight because um, a championship fight versus then champion Tyron Woodley. But Darren Till got finished in the first round. Man, and this was supposed is- to be his return. And Jorge Masvidal put him out with just this brutal knockout. Yeah, that was lovely. That's the way you derail a hype train. Man, I I don't know which which uh which hit did it. It was the hit that when he went down or when he bounced his head, and I mean he bounced it like they were about to dunk it. Okay, <laughs> dunk his head into a goal, man. I was like, oh my god, and he was just done. I mean, he is going to be the next generation. He he's going to be a champion. Just I don't think he's going to be a champion at welterweight though. I think it's, it's he needs to go to middleweight to be effective. Wait, wait, in my you opinion, think the weight was really what what was wrong. Yeah, I, I was just asking the same thing. Well, for okay, so let's t- okay. Well, if you really want to know what the problem was, there's that there was an underestimation of Jorge Masvidal. Okay, oh, yeah. just because he was just because he's Kimbo Slice's protege. Okay, the true legacy of Kimbo Slice right there in Game Bread. All right. People tend to underestimate this guy. This dude was, he went in there on a mission, and he was going to tell people, I am here, I'm coming for a belt, and I'm going to leave with a belt before the end of the year. And, yeah, we'll just, we'll talk more about that later. What I loved about it was Masvidal's game plan for for Till was masterfully played out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Keeping Till constantly having to, to, to worry about the, the orbital kick, um, moving between southpaw and, and orthodox effortless, effortless, uh, effortlessly, wh- while throwing three punches for every one punch that Till threw, it, it was going to be a lot of work for Till to be able to um, uh, d- to hang on. If that fight had continued on, Masvidal was absolutely outstriking Till, and it had really figured out his timing. So it was just a matter of time before that happened. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I like I like your assessment there. You know, the big thing for me is that Darren Till, I don't know where he goes from here because Jorge Masvidal, he needed to win that fight to stay on track. I think his next fight has to be against Leon Edwards, and Leon Edwards is the one that's been chasing uh, Darren Till this whole time because Leon and Darren are both from Liverpool. They basically uh-huh. come from the same, you know, neighborhood. But Darren Mm -hmm. Till got on the Hype Train Express and shot all the way up to the top of the welterweight division, got a title shot because, of course, Colby Covington was chicken. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. He he had a nasal surgery and he couldn't fight. Um, And Leon Edwards has had to work his way up the ladder, a la Kamaru Usman style. So Leon Edwards, I think this is the best opportunity he has to finally get a shot at Darren Till. And I think if he gets that fight and he wins that fight, then Darren Till may may be seeking life elsewhere, not in the welterweight division, but in the UFC. I think at this point, I think they're going to go back to the drawing board with uh, Darren Till. Um he can't take much more hits at that, like he much more knockouts like he has so far. I mean, he is coming off a second, even more brutal knockout than he had in the previous fight. And I was when I saw it, I was like, dude, that's not good. And he's only while he's young, you know, 
he need he may need to go up a weight division just to keep himself you know in a safe in a safe level. Otherwise, he suffer a couple more knockouts like that, and he might not even have to worry about seeking life life elsewhere because he's not going to have a career. Well, it's but- tough for him to move up just on the fact that if you look at the size difference between Masvidal and Till, Till was a whole man size bigger than Masvidal. <laughs> like. They don't look like they belong in the same weight class. And, and theoretically, if Till had been able to use his size and reach advantage better, then he should be absolutely cleaning out the division. But you're looking at a but look at that division though. I mean, he's you know, I think is that is that what he's been using all his time is his size and 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 his his you know his size to impose his will upon the division. Yes. But the division is that is it's chock full of killers. Okay, let's put it out there. That division is not a division where you need where you're a one trick trick pony, ben right. Askren. But you know we'll we'll you know I'm and you need to be dynamic. And I don't think Darren Till can last in that division with his skill with his current skill set. He can go to another weight division and probably be okay. You know, here in in the welterweight, no. I think he needs to go. Well, see, that's the thing, and I think this is what you're kind of say, um, KC, is that if he's struggling at welterweight, moving up to middleweight, you you think he's going to do better against a Yoel Romero? You know, you're going to put him in there against Luke Rockhold or or you know Kelvin Gastulum or like I don't think it gets any better if you go up the weight class. It's like once you if you can't hang it at at welterweight. Going up to middleweight or light heavyweight, which is probably where his body is actually built for, uh, yeah. it, it it just gets worse and worse for uh, for Darren Till. So, are you calling him a average fighter at other weight at other weight divisions? But but that's that is the that is the big argument, right? Is that mm-hmm. if it, the the use of cutting weight, the mm-hmm. use of cutting weight. Is a strategic advantage that allows bigger fighters to fight at the smaller weight classes. And these fighters would be otherwise average fighters at higher weight classes because they can't impose their will being a, a fighter that's 20, 30 pounds heavier. I mean, at the end of the day, Darren Till's a great fighter. I don't want to take anything away from him from that perspective. I'm just looking at the fact that if you look at him getting beat beaten by Tyron Woodley, and knocked out in the first round. Getting knocked out, he was out on the way down uh, when he got knocked out by by Jorge Masvidal. Yep. It, yeah. He was yep. already out. It was a timber, you know. And yeah. and there's not a lot of places you can go after this. He, you know, he looked impressive coming into the UFC in the first couple of fights that he had. But now it's one of those things where if he doesn't get this fixed, if he doesn't start winning again. There's really no place to go because he's not going to be able to challenge for, you know, a top five spot. He's not going to be able to go and 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 move up a weight class. And and I I, I seriously don't think that he could make 155, even though Anthony oh, Johnson not. proved that it was possible. <laughs> well, he made 170, but you know, Anthony Johnson, <laughs> a heavyweight, made 170. Yeah. So a light heavyweight should be able to make 155. 
All right, let's let's go on because we are not we're not finished with this story. We are finished with this card. So let's close the book on this one. Let's put it back on the shelf because this card is history. But let's talk about this fight a little more in Finding the Angles. Finding the Angles. Finding the Angles. This is where we look at the fights and things that are making headlines in the wake of UFC from London. There's a lot of things that people are talking about, but the number one thing people are talking about this week is Jorge Masvidal versus Leon Edwards backstage. Both of these fighters coming off of great wins at UFC in London on Saturday night. They see each other backstage. A little jawing takes place, and next thing you know, people are throwing punches. People are getting cut up. It's 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 pandemonium. It was so good, man. <laughs> there was no, there, it was beautiful how it played out because it, and and there's a there's a backstory behind that where you know Jorge's sitting there, he's talking, he's being cool about things, and then Leon comes up and saying, you know, maybe I'll see you, you know, maybe I'll see you in July, you know, maybe I won't see you, maybe you know I won't even fight you because you're you know expletive, and you know that's when. Masvidal's like, oh, hey, wait a minute, man. You're going to talk all that. Why don't you come on over here and say it to my face? And, you know, he walked over there, and it was split second, but you see Leon throw his hands up. And like Masvidal has explained, where I come from, when you throw your hands up, you catching it. And he gave him a three-piece and a soda and then glide out. <laughs> all right, that's, a, that's the quote of the year. KC. You want well, do you do you do you, do you want to just you want to tell us what a three piece and a soda is? Um, I believe that's the Popeye special, right? Yeah, that is 5.99 people. 5.99. Okay. No, it's 4.99. My bad. $5 will get you that. And you won't lay on the ground, okay? You know. <laughs> you won't end up with a cut up face. Um, yes, and you know what the and you know what the crazy part is about this whole story is that his his team tried to sit there and try and call him a chump and you know say that that was assault and everything like that when Leon was the one that was talking all the smack. Right. So. Uh, but we've already decided that talking smack doesn't necessarily lead to a fight, right, Ryan? It 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 doesn't, and and it would what? not have. That that what happened was Man. Jorge Masvidal was doing an interview backstage. When Leon Edwards walked out and started talking smack, Jorge Masvidal said, and I quote, that he walked over there saying, say that to my face. His hands were behind his back to show that he was not intending on getting into a fight. That's false, but come on. No, that uh, is, he, he did walk that's over what there. He, said, he, he walked over there. His hands were behind his back. And you can see it in the video. His hands were behind his back. And... That he didn't have intent to fight. Come on. Well, legal, for legal for legal reasons, last it shows what he did. Okay, it, for legal it, reasons. The, there is but narrative is evidence. Magic. The video evidence shows that Jorge <laughs> that Masvidal walked over walked over there and had his hands behind his back, which he says, you know, and this is where he comes from, and where he comes from, that was the sign that I'm not trying to fight you. But I am coming over there to check you for what you're saying. Okay. Uh-huh. So 
so at the point when Leon Edwards made an aggressive move towards him with his hands up, as John has said, that is when Jorge Masvidal gave him a three-piece in a soda. Three-piece in a soda, of course, the three-piece refers to a three-punch combo. Typically, it's the jab cross hook. The soda, well, that's, you know, just a little bit of sweetness on the side. And it really, and, and, and hats off to, to Jorge. He did slide right out of it. Okay. He boom, 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 and was out. I was like, wow. That was some fast. Yeah, speed. but he didn't really connect anything. He did. Vicious. He, he cut. He connected he cut, enough to cut his face. He cut, he cut Leon Edwards. Yeah. Yeah. Leon and then his corners, his his corner screaming, "Oh, you, you, you little, you know, expletive, you know, for being a douche," and you know they're they're talking smack. But I'm sorry, if we, you we, talk it, you best back it up. I'm sorry. But that's the problem, though. It's on one hand, like we're almost like proud of Masvidal for going over there and and holding his own and being ready to fight. But the reality is. If Masvidal had just stayed in his interview, just focused on what he should have been focused on, we don't have this situation. Is Leon wrong? Yeah, he he talked he talked smack, but according to Ryan, that's part of the gamemanship. It, it, like, it is that, part of the gamemanship. Yeah, it, it is. So so both okay. fighters should do a better job. Like your, your job is to fight in the octagon, not in the street. Sure. Okay. So less uh, under under normal circumstances in a benevolent world where you know. Orange vanilla and orange vanilla Coke Zero will not kill you because it tastes so good. Okay, mm-hmm. that is correct. That is correct. You I, are absolutely I have right. no idea what this analogy is. But <laughs> I was gonna roll with it. I was like, I don't know, fam. Maybe there's a, a news story I missed. You, you hey, have my van- attention though. Like, okay, let, let's hear how you're gonna pull this together. Orange <laughs> vanilla Coke tastes delicious. All right, but it will, but you can still you know clean your toilet with it. It'll kill you. Anyway, with that said, oh, see, we I can't are let in this the pass. era. I can't let this pass. What? Orange vanilla Coke does taste delicious, dude. It tastes delicious, but any it's an acid. Any acid will clean your toilet. Lemon juice will clean your toilet. It's all not acid. As a, Wine not as is an acid. Why can't? Why can't a Coke will clean will clean your toilet? Okay, any acid will clean your toilet. You can clean your toilet but, with wine. It will it it's it's okay. it's an acid. How much wine can do you use? We'll talk about this after the show. Let's let me get no, back I'm just, to my I, point. I can't let this okay? go because it's like I, I hear so many people because they watch one video of someone cleaning a toilet with Coke and they and, and they're like, oh, Coke is terrible. And it's like no, it, it's an acid. That's why so many cleaners have things like lemon and orange in there because those are all uh, all acids that clean. But how how much of a lemon will it take to clean your toilet? How much of an orange will it take to if clean your toilet? If you had the same amount of lemon juice or orange juice or wine <laughs> as they use in a, 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 a Coke, so 12 ounces of lemon, I'm pretty sure I can clean a toilet with it. All right, and we digress. We have got that. We we have got. That's what I wanted him to say. People, we need to put this to the test. But that's another episode. Okay. I Tonight, want you to video I'm, this and put it on Instagram so that you have two things on Instagram. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I, I have like plenty of things. Pinterest, but all right, you know, all right, you know, enough of your venom over there, sir. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is right. that the way that the UFC is currently running right now, that. The, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. In other words, the more controversy you create, the more uh, more spotlight is shown on you. So, yeah, what better controversy than to have a backstage fight? 
Okay, that was it. it, it was it real? It could have been real. Okay, the the emotions was definitely there. All right, but I guarantee we're gonna see that fight, that Jorge Masvidal Leon oh, Edwards fight. By by by, I, I I will predict by International Fight Week we will see that fight. International Fight Week is the first week in July, so we have you on record as making that prediction. Yes. Yes, and I and there, and trust me, this is just began. All right, you will see. There will be it will be constant. Okay, that whole Ben Askren showing up on uh, in London that got thrown to the wayside and into the trash can compared to this right now. Yeah, well, I, that is true. And and Casey, I'll let you have the last word on this. Ben Askren was looking to fight uh, the winner of Darren Till versus Jorge Masvidal. Um, do you think that Jorge Masvidal is going to fight there, uh, um, Ben Askren, Leon. or do you think he's going to go after Leon Edwards because of this beef? I don't know that either one of those fights really makes sense for Masvidal. I think he's really earned a title shot, so I wouldn't take either one of those fights. All right. That's good. You know, we're talking about people giving out uh, three pieces and a soda. Well, on uh, on Saturday night in Dallas, Texas, Errol Spence Jr., handed out 115 three pieces in a soda to Mikey Garcia. He dominated him to retain his IBF welterweight championship. Errol Spence Jr. landed 345 strikes to Garcia's 75. This was one of the most one-sided 12-round fights I've seen in recent history. This was just a clinic. I, I don't even know why... Yeah, like you start asking, like, how did this guy get to be uh, a title contender? Because he got into the ring and he realized who he was dealing with. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's what happened. It, once again, another classic example of somebody being broken in the ring. When they got in the ring, listen to their hype guys, and then when they're in that square circle, and then they take that first couple of punches, they're like, oh, wait a minute, this guy really does hit like this. Oh, my God, I'm in trouble. And slowly but surely, he gets broken. Yeah, th- this is one of those things, and, and uh, Casey, I think it was you that was talking about it last week, is you go from I'm going to win this fight to I just want to make it to the last round. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and that's kind of what it was. I mean, Errol Spence threw over 1,000 punches, landing 345. When they talked about power punches, he was like 50%. And, wow. and it's like this was just like, dude, what you why are you here like someone should have thrown in the towel like listen we don't we don't want to see any more of this but it doesn't happen nearly enough where your corner's just like look we're we're gonna be honest with you our game plan's not gonna work with this dude you're done there's there's not you're saying there's not enough throwing in the towel yeah i think that should happen more often because we get stuck with boring fights where the guy clearly has no shot at winning unless like his opponent throws out his shoulder from hitting him too much. So, so, so then, so uh, ahead, that turns into a pride issue then for the fighter. Okay, that's that's the problem there. That that's a fighter's pride that you're throwing. I give up. Okay, no, I don't think any fighter wants to wants to say that. Okay, no matter how dominated he's getting, and, I'm, and don't get me wrong, I'm all about protecting the fighter, but at the same time, you gotta gotta let that fighter fight. It's up to the ref to th- to call it to call it quits, not not the fighter nor his corner. Okay, the ref's job is to do that. 
Yeah, well, the only thing I was going to say was, KC, they, they threw the towel in for you for your first fight, and you were pissed. Oh, oh. oh so that's oh. how you play me? No, no, he's, no. I'm he's doing both of us like no, this tonight. No, 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 I'm just saying, you, you were upset. We talked about this on the show, that you were like, they should not have thrown the towel in for me. I was tired, you know, but I wasn't taking any damage. Um, I could have worked yeah, my way I think out that's of this. The difference between that fight that I had and and these pro guys is they, they've worked with them. It's that was my first time with the corner, so right. they have no idea what my my stamina was like and and how I was uh, able to still slip, even though like my hands aren't up. Like I can still slip without my hands up. And I was taking no damage, whereas most of the fights we see, it's just the fighter's getting absolutely pummeled. His people have known him. It's not like they're expecting some miracle to happen. And I think that's where there's a difference in just being realistic mm-hmm. versus prideful. Yeah, and, and I, I, let me be clear. I wasn't trying to like call you out or anything. I was just nah, – I know that this was one of those topics that we talked about on the show. Um, yeah, I think I was more mad in that situation that my corner didn't know me well enough to make that decision for me. Well, I wouldn't have thrown the, the towel in. I did not. I was not holding the towel at the time. So just, just <laughs> especially because I think in the in the fight where they threw the towel in for me, we're talking seconds before the bell rings. Like, bro, you don't think I can hang in another fifteen seconds with this dude, who I dominated for most of the round? Come on, most wow. of the first round, most of the hey. first rounds. Shut up. <laughs> For the, the listeners didn't need to know all that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's go on to this one. I, I added this one while y'all were talking about the um, about Jorge Masvidal. But you yeah. sent this to me on Twitter, and John, if you need to click it to see it, um, I yeah. think it's relevant. Um, Aljamain Sterling, Aljamain Sterling, the Funk Master, posted to Twitter um, a post that said, "Reconstructing knees, one fight at a time," and it shows him in a fight. Where he is getting oh. kicked, yeah, and oh it, it's more God. of a stomp on his lead leg, which is basically hyperextending his lead leg um, in the middle of the fight. It's a legal kick, but it is one that could have devastating impacts on a fighter in the midst of a fight. Um, you know, and and I think he brings up a relevant question, and there was discussion on the internet about this: is should one of those knee joint type strikes which john jones throws a lot um should that be legal Uh, because if it if it it could seriously injure a fighter in the middle of a fight and 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 really turn the tide or is it uh, it's a it's a valid kick it should be used uh You know, uh, there there are a few strikes that uh, that are banned in MMA. The twelve to six, um, 12 to six strikes elbow, to the right. back of it. Yeah, twelve six elbow. Excuse me. Uh, that really, from what I've from what I've heard, I've never been hit by twelve to six. Um, that are not as strong as, let's say, a forearm or elbow. Uh, you know, um, uh, elbow to the side of your head. Um, a kick like this, and I've and I've seen John Jones use it more, more than anybody else. I think he was the one that actually. I won't say he wasn't the originator, but he was definitely an innovator of it. Okay, he he brought it to the forefront, and it's not a pretty kick. It's it, it looks dangerous. It looks like you can you can end the fight if kicked properly, just like what I'm seeing right here. Um, should it be banned? Yes. 
because that I mean, but you know, yeah, I would say yes because this is that's a that's a bad angle, okay? That I'm that I'm looking at here, and you know, it, it it's it's yeah, that's a that's it, it's just like, but I don't know. I say yes on the short answer, yes. Okay, KC, what are your thoughts on it? Well, it, it's uh. I'm split on it because of the arguments I've seen from the fighters, which to me matters a lot more than an armchair quarterback like myself, mm-hmm. is that um, uh, the picture shown um, that I'm sure we'll have on the website and on Instagram and Twitter, um, uh, in that particular picture, it's, it's actually easier to defend if the fighter wasn't like in that angle. It was just the fighter is at an unorthodox angle when he's getting this orbital kick. So, of course, the knee's going to hyperextend versus if he had squared up more with his opponent when that kick came in, it would have just pushed his leg backward, and you can defend that a little bit better. It's not it's not easy to defend that kick, but it is possible to defend that kick. So there's that. And then if you look at some of the other uh, strikes that are legal that are uh, as damaging, um, it's, it's, it's hard to say that, uh, well, this is more dangerous, so you can't do it. But then the... The point that I found to be uh, most cogent is the notion that it should be illegal because it's the difference between injury and hurt. And when that orbital kick lands, you get injured versus any other kick where you get hurt and you can recover. Like this is a knee surgery kind of kick, and and that doesn't seem sportsmanlike to me. That, that that that's very interesting. I wanted to make a couple of comments just about the the discussion around the twelve to six elbows. So uh, for those of you who are out there listening to the show and you're not familiar with that term, the twelve to six elbow is if you think about a clock, you're bringing your elbow up at the twelve o'clock and then bringing it down on your opponent at the six o'clock. And and the whole reason why this strike is is illegal and not used is not because it is damaging. It is not because it is injurious where it could injure your opponent. It is because in the early days of the UFC, legislators who were looking to sanction UFC fights or not um, saw a martial artist breaking bricks on television Uh with his elbow. And he was bringing it from 12 to 6 to break the bricks. And it was such a violent image that they would not sanction mixed martial arts fights unless that particular strike was considered illegal. So if you talk to fighters, they'll tell you that the the 12 to 6 elbow isn't any more damaging than some of the elbows that are thrown during a ground and pound type of, you know, type of fight. It 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 it, it really isn't. But because of the image of a man breaking bricks with that strike, that was the only way they could get fights sanctioned within those early days of the sport. So that's why that particular strike is considered illegal. Um, I think it's very different than the orbital kick that, uh, which I didn't know that that's what it was called. Because um, when I think orbital, I think of the eye. But um, but it, it, but that orbital kick, if you look at it, and all you got to do is, is search Al Germain, which is, a-L-J-A-M-A-I-N, Sterling, Reconstructing Knees, One Fight at a Time. We'll try to put it on the, on the page so you, can, so you don't have to do that. But um, it, is, it is a pretty brutal image, and 
we need to re- you know we could consider um, whether or not we should stop doing that. Let's go on. Tony Ferguson wife files for a restraining order. Now, yeah, you guys know that my number two favorite fighter in all of mixed martial arts is Tony Ferguson. Check Congo. <laughs> you I thought that was his off. number one. I thought that was his number one. No, <laughs> my number one is Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. But you, you guys know that I'm a big Tony Ferguson fan. I've talked about El Kukui a lot of times. You know, yes. one of the reasons why I like Tony Ferguson is because he is unorthodox, because he is unpredictable, because he takes unbelievable amounts of damage and finds a way to focus through it and still end up winning. But you know the 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 dark side of that is the fact that part of his unorthodox behavior part of his his unpredictable um persona is the fact that it appears as though he is a very sick individual um you know that he may be suffering from some type of you know psychotic um episode that needs to be treated and has been treated in the past. However, it appears as though Tony may be off his medicine and um, and forcing his wife to file for a restraining order because of his frightening, paranoid, and delusional behavior. And, and some of the quotes are just unbelievable. Uh, I'll, I'll read through them here, and then I'll get y'all's reaction. Uh, basically, in the application, she said that she has videos and photographs of Tony Ferguson's frightening, irrational, and paranoid behavior, which depicts him crying, laughing, muttering, yelling for no apparent rational reason. There's also a part where she was saying that he had not slept for three days and was tearing apart the home, that he had broken apart the fireplace and because he believed that someone... Oh, and he believed that someone had placed a computer chip in his leg. We know that he had undergone surgery for tripping over a cable. Um, Basically, uh, according to the restraining order, Ferguson tore up the fireplace because he thought there was a hidden doorway under it. Guys, you know, we can we can, you know, talk about fighters who seem to be a little bit off their rocker like Diego Sanchez or Tony Ferguson. But this is serious and this is scary. And I, I, I. I don't want him to fight while he still has these problems that this needs to be considered a priority um, over any type of discussion around fighting or um, or, or challenging for the title. Uh, KC, I'll go, we'll start with you. Any thoughts oh, on this? Yeah, I mean, so uh, I first say that it starts with uh, these are still allegations. Um, we, the public, don't have access to all of that and probably shouldn't. Um, so until a judge makes an, uh, a call on that, uh, I don't know that I can speak too directly to what's happening in his home life. Well, sure. Uh, but let's let's assume that, uh, as one should, uh, let's let's assume that these things are, are factual and he is having a break. It, it is tough to say that in a sport that demands violence that. Uh, uh, and we know the effects of, of trauma on regulating uh, head trauma on regulating emotions. That this is surprising. And by that same token, if we talk about warriors going out on their shield, there's not a ton of help that can be done with CTE and some of these uh, these brain uh, brain damage diseases. Which, honestly, based on the description that you had there, that is 
classic what happens to former boxers what happens to nfl players as they they reach the end it's it's hard to manage their their paranoia it's hard to manage uh, uh emotions and, and rage uh, you you turn into a warhammer type situation so that's what you want to avoid but at the same time there's not a ton of help that can be levied at this point the damage is already done and science hasn't reached a place where they can reverse it so stopping him from fighting what is I, I don't know what that helps what well, uh, john i'll have you, uh, you want, what, what are your thoughts um well from what i've read this is this is the latest incident. Uh, they have incidents chronicling uh, behavior like this from January. Okay, so this is not just the just the the first time this has happened. I, I my you know once again, like Casey said, these are allegations. Okay, we we don't know what's truly going on in that home, but there's a lot of reports coming out of there. Um, this is this is heartbreaking. Okay, um, we never want to see any athletes going through this cte is serious uh coming from a veteran's point of view that even with pt with 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 you know ptsds ctes any type of traumatic injury that is causing abnormal behavior like this is is devastating and you know unfortunately our 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 current medical medical science is not up to snuff to treat this, like Casey said. So, I mean, my heart goes out to him, and I hope that, you know, that he does get help. I hope that, does this stop him from fighting? Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, because anything, if this is a result of the damage that he has taken, why would you go back? I mean, as I believe in the warrior's mentality of going out on your shield at the same time, time recognize that you've hit your limit and anything beyond this limit is on you you but can i say that while this while this behavior is uh, erratic and and it it is sub sub suboptimal for people to be this way it's not a far cry from stuff that we've seen from a lot of other fighters and not a far cry from where we see uh, our friend conor mcgregor right now like all of these is He's destroying property, but he's not hurting people yet in this, right? And so this is uh, a means of kind of uh, in advance saying, look, this is escalating and I, and I don't want him to hurt me. I get that. But all of these same erratic, irrational behaviors we saw with um, – we're seeing with Conor McGregor. I mean, Rush, uh, George St. Pierre, believes aliens talk to him. So at what point do we say a fighter can't fight because they're off the out of the octagon behavior is too errata, irrational? Well, I, I I think that's a I think that's a relevant question. A uh, little more information: the hearing for this restraining order is, is scheduled for April fifth, um, as to decide whether or not this is going to be a, perf- a permanent restraining order or or whatever. Um, but the the. I think you bring up an interesting question about the behavior that Conor McGregor has. Um, I think it comes down to if people feel like they're in danger around you when there is not a catalyst, a, 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 a natural, understandable, logical catalyst, 
then that's when perhaps we need to consider whether or not taking additional damage is 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 a good idea. You know, uh, we're not getting while we're getting you know Conor McGregor behaving in a manic fashion um, with fans and things like that. What we're not hearing is that his wife is afraid to be with him, uh, that she's afraid for her safety and the safety of their young children. You know, um, this is what Tony Ferguson's wife was filing a restraining order for. Now, she issued a statement after the filing of the restraining order, and it really seems as though this is her attempt to influence Tony to get back on his meds or to go and see some type of help um, for that behavior unless that she is trying to leave him or or some other thing but what what is what is clear is that she has issued that because there is uh, a, 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 there appears allegedly and I think that it's great that you guys are, are reminding me to also not speak as though this is all fact and certain but there appears to be based upon what we are seeing about what is written in the restraining order consistent behavior that brings into question Tony's safety, um, his wife's safety, and their child's safety. And if that is the case, that is starkly different than Connor's behavior. And in that case, Tony, I would say that if it is all true and it is all valid, then Tony should not fight until there is something that can be done to resolve or otherwise mitigate the, the problem that he's experiencing. Fair enough. All right. Thug Rose, no hair, Nama Yunus returns for UFC 237 on May 11 versus Jessica Andrade. I'm excited. People have been talking smack like this is going to be a terrible card. No, anytime Thug Rose gets in the ring, it's going to be exciting. I think it's a good matchup. I mean, they've got a lot of commonalities in some of the trainers that they worked with in the past uh, throughout Colorado. Um, some common opponents that they've had uh, very recently. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oddly enough, some of their common opponents are, are saying Jessica Andrade takes the edge here. So, wow, uh, yeah, it could get interesting. So, in other words, we got a banger on our hands. Yeah, oh, yeah. and so this is what's interesting to me because now that the UFC 237 has a main event. Um, I'm reading on on Twitter and and other places, and I've, I'm a part of a couple of UFC groups. People are like, "This card's gonna suck," but I'm looking at other fights on the card. You got Jose Aldo; he's back because this is fighting this this card is taking place in Brazil. So you got Jose Aldo, who's fighting Alexander Volkanovsky. You got Anderson Silva fighting Jared Cannonier. You got um, Antonio Rogério Nogueira. I think that is Little Nog fighting Ryan Spann. And BJ Penn is fighting Clay Guida. Like we get a, we get a, uh, what is it? What what's your league, John? A master master. You get league? your masters division. Yeah, you, <laughs> you're getting BJ Penn. You know, like, you know. Yeah, but how exciting is that? You do like Jose's back, but Jose's he's back. He's not gonna be the title contender very anytime soon. Jose yeah. wins this fight. Well, he can't really fight for the title because he's fought twice for the title against Max Holloway and lost both times. So 
No, I don't think he can be that. But he can still be a heck of a gatekeeper. And Alexander Volkanovsky, that dude is rising like a rocket. I mean, he is like on the Darren Till trajectory. Ooh, yeah, don't put that. Careful. Don't you speak that evil on him? Yeah, that's like <laughs> SpaceX, man. Come on, dude. Don't do that. <laughs> and then you got Anderson Silva. That dude is always fun to watch, but we. It, He's only getting worse at this notion of Anderson, man. You got to figure out an offense. Like we get, you're a defensive master, but he's got no offense. So it's like it, it's kind of boring to watch his his uh, amazing displays of defense because it's become too commonplace. Like Anderson, you can dodge, you can take a punch, great, but you you've got no offense whatsoever. It's hard to watch those fights now. No. no. And, and- Okay. I think it, it. I think it. Uh, sorry to cut you off there, Ryan. But uh, uh, I think what's happened is that everybody's figured out Anderson Silva's riddle, and that's why it's become boring. Okay, because once you figure out the riddle, everybody knows how to beat him now, and that's what we're. That's what we're seeing. That people are learning new ways to counter the counterpuncher, the ultimate counterpuncher. Um, first of all, I just want to say. This could be Anderson Silva's last fight, and that's why this is special. Mm-hmm. This is in Anderson Silva's hometown. Yes. So this is a special, special card because of that. Um, he's fighting Jared Cannonier. Jared Cannonier, we didn't think much he was going to do much in his last fight and ended up winning his fight in dramatic fashion. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is a dangerous fight for Anderson Silva, and the fact is, is you can know how to beat Anderson Silva. I mean, you and I and KC know how to beat Anderson Silva, but I actually don't. Do it, do it in the ring. Do it in front <laughs> of Anderson Silva. Let, I, once again, you you're beaten. You're beaten before you got in the ring. You, your will has been broken because you're fighting the spider. Okay, and it doesn't matter. It's the spider in his last fight or the spider in his heyday or the spider in his beginning fight. If you know what the spider can do, of course, by the time you get to the ring, you're like, I can't fight this dude. He's about to come out to Michael Jackson's beat it. And I'm done. Okay, you know, he's he's coming out with the with the Michael Jackson beat it jacket. You know, I think I have uh, two notes on this. Like uh, what kept Anderson's. Uh, fight against uh, the younger version of Anderson and Stylebender. Interesting is that Stylebender did have that immense amount of respect. I think if uh, Cannoneer uh, comes in here with less respect and is willing to go for broke, uh, uh, you get a much more exciting fight because uh, it could go either way. I mean, the counterpunching of, of Silva can never be underestimated, but he qui- he clearly has, uh, well, Silva clearly has some holes. And then just this whole notion of fighting uh, in your hometown, like the hometown in MMA is kind of an overblown thing because no one actually fights out of their hometown anymore. Like no one's from where they fight. Silva well, lives in LA. Well, I, I get, I get you, but, but, there, there is some there. There is something to be said about he's from Curitiba, Brazil. That is, that is his hometown. It's where he grew up. That's where people. He, he still has family there. That's there's a legacy that spans such a long and great career. That if indeed this is his last fight, um, what a way to end it. What a way to come back home and and you know go back to where you started your roots and 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 fight against a guy who is a beast. So I, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying is that Anderson, you know, he's long since left Curitiba. But, you know, we all have our hometowns. We all have where our family's from. And, and you know, to go back there and, you know, at the end of your career and, and have that one pay-per-view that you have been 
lobbying for, honestly, for most of your career. You finally get it. I, I think that there's a lot of expectation, and, and, and that could add to you know the question of whether or not Anderson Silva is going to be able to perform at a high level. Let's, let's go on, though. UFC pay-per-view will exclusively be on ESPN Plus starting on UFC 236 on April 13th. Anyone who wants to purchase the pay-per-views, which you know features the biggest names, will have to have an ESPN Plus subscription. So that costs $4.99 a month. Um, and if you do that, then you can get um, a pay-per-view for $59.99, which is a $5 discount off of the previously charged events. So um, ESPN Plus subscribers can get a $79.99 year subscription, which includes uh, one pay-per-view event. So basically, it's $49.99 for a year of ESPN Plus, plus an extra $30 for a pay-per-view. So you save about 20, you you save about, uh, what is that, 20 bucks. That is hard. I don't know. I don't know how uh, this is going to affect anything, but I, I don't think that's a good plan. Uh, I think this is a this is a gamble for ESPN and the UFC to think that they're going to force people to take ESPN Plus just to get a pay per view. That's that that one thing that people do love is the power of choice, and if you force people to go to do a certain thing, you're going to lose sales. Uh, so I hope they're prepared to lose a few, uh, uh, you know, some sales on this because I don't think people are going to go for it. Uh, you know, I don't know. I personally, for me, I think that buying a pay per view is is forcing a choice anyway. And the fact is, is that what they've done is that if you were buying a pay per view anyway, I mean, uh-huh. the pay per view happens once a month. If you buy all the right. pay per views, you're getting a five dollar discount which is the cost of the ESPN subscription. So there's really no difference in buying each pay-per-view and buying a pay-per-view and having to have an ESPN Plus subscription, except for the fact that now you get to watch all of the ESPN Plus fight nights. So I think it's actually not a not a bad deal. And that's a logical way of doing of seeing it, and, that, and that's a very good point. You made a great point in that. However... People will see that as you are corralling my choice. I have to take this this channel before I just get a, a pay-per-view. Why can't I just pay for the pay-per-view and be done with it? I don't want an extra channel. That is what's, what the argument is going to be. And I hate to be a Debbie Downer about it because you know if you think about what you get with ESPN+, you're right. It's not a bad deal. It's actually pretty nice. Okay, But there will be those people that will complain. Because what about because uh, when when uh, and I, I hold on just one more thing, uh, the UFC Fight Pass didn't didn't weren't we able to see pay per views through the Fight Pass? You still have to pay full price for the for the uh, pay per view and Fight Pass is nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I'm done. It's been a much better deal overall. Is that it? <laughs> I don't know if you're not, if you got any other thing to say. I don't know. Math. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and with that, let's go on to the fights that are happening this week with the fight card.
is the fight card. This is where we look at the fights that are coming up. And we have a Bellator fight this weekend. This is Bellator 218, Sanchez versus Karakanyan at the Windstar World Casino and Resort in Thackerville, Oklahoma, March 22nd, 2019. We've got four fights on the card. Anatoly Tokov is fighting Gerald Harris. This is a, this is a middleweight fight. We've got another middleweight fight, which is Michael Shipman versus Horacio Darpinian. We've got a heavyweight fight in Valentin Moldovsky versus Linton Vassell. And then the main event is a featherweight fight between Emmanuel Sanchez and Georgie Karakanyan. So I, I don't really know these fighters, so I'm not going to ask you guys to make a flash fight pick. Um, Good. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say mad shout out for you with this with the pronunciation. Okay, you need like a DJ Clue bomb for that, man. Okay, for real. So well, yeah, thank you. I job. mean, to say how I started the show, right? I couldn't even say like emerged. <laughs> I, I just got through a bunch of a bunch of difficult names. We also have yeah. on Saturday night UFC Fight Night Thompson versus Pettis coming to us on March 23rd, 2019, from Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, we've got okay. Are you ready, John? I'm ready. We've got Macy Barber fighting J.J. Aldrich. Whoa. Whoa. On the, Macy on the Alfred Barber. Hitchcock sign. <laughs> Come on. Let's let's hear it. Macy what are you talking Bar- about? Macy Barber's fighting. Aren't, aren't you oh, a yeah? Macy That's Barber nice. fan? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> and um, let's keep this problem Look, that 20 okay, year old is destined for greatness and she told uh dana white so and she she believes that she's going to be bigger than both connor and uh ronda so i i'm going to be team barber here like she's i, I, I see her in the gym she works hard she's she's got this all right I, i'm i'm very much team barber um uh she she will have a, a great career ahead of her and she fights too and um I just hope she, well, you know, we'll talk about the whole Ronda Rousey UFC thing another day. Let's just hope that she doesn't go that route. I hope she has a, a very long, fulfilling career. And well, we'll leave it the, at that. The, the, the thing is, is that at least Macy Barber has an actual striking coach and not, yes. <laughs> not yes. Coach Edmund, who should never have told Ronda Rousey to do anything other than arm bars. But anyway. And, and- yeah, where is that dude at anyway? Did he fall yeah. off? Did they, did they end up killing him after he, all? I don't know, but the thing is, is that he <laughs> definitely like Ronda Rousey was his claim to fame. He hasn't. I haven't seen a single fighter from him since. It's probably a reason for that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the violent Bob Ross, Louis Louis Pena versus yeah. Steven Peterson. That's going to be a great fight. Jussie Formiga versus Davidson Figueroa. That is a great fight. John McDessey versus. Jesus Pinedo, and then the future of the heavyweight division. Curtis Blades returns to fight Justin Big Baby Willis. There's no a pressure. lot of Colorado on that card. I know. Yeah, and then in the main event, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson fights Anthony Ooh. Pettis in the main event. Karate versus Taekwondo. Let's make some fight <sighs> fight picks. Um... Okay, so you guys both have Macy Barber. I'm indifferent there, so I'll take Macy Barber as well. Um, you guys know the violent Bob Ross? Oh, yeah, I know him. A happy trees and a, a happy beating for everybody. All right. Louis Pena. Okay, I'm going to take Louis Pena, even though he let me down last time. 
Jussier Formiga versus Davidson Figueroa. Um, this is actually a really good fight. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Jussier Formiga, even though I like Davidson. I like Formiga. All right, um, Casey, you can you can jump in anytime. No, nope, I like those. <laughs> All right, John McDessie versus. <laughs> Uh, Jesus Pinedo. I don't really know Jesus, but I know John McDessie. That guy brings the fight every time. I'm going to go with him. I'm indifferent on either one. I, I don't know either one, unfortunately. All right. I got Curtis Blades versus Big Baby. Justin Willis. Um, I'm going to go Curtis Blades as well, just because, you know, I like his style. I like his aggression. Let's see what he does. Uh, I like Curtis Blade's um, Instagram account. Okay. <laughs> oh, by the way, if Justin Willis is not Big Baby. He's Big Pretty. I'm sorry. I, I, I had it I had it incorrect. It's Big Even Pretty. Worse. <laughs> he, he, he is big. That is accurate. Um, yeah. And then in the main event, let's do the flash fight pick here. Steven Wonderboy Thompson versus Anthony Pettis. John, who you got? Uh, I love Pettis, but the UFC seems to have a, a mad on about Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Uh, Wonderboy is going to take it. KC, it's showtime, baby! All right, um, you know Anthony Pettis is, I think, going to be more game than what what anyone's giving him credit for. But Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, I, 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 I. I I respect the karate over the taekwondo. So I'm going okay. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson by decision against Anthony Pettis. Mm-hmm. And Anthony's going to have to figure out what he's going to do after his second loss in a row. Mm. Anything else? He's going to go down to Strawberry Park in Steamboat Springs and enjoy some good time <laughs> outdoors. Okay. That's, no, awfully specific. That's where he goes after fights. It's nuts. That place is gorgeous. You should go there, by the way. All right. Well, we will try to do that. Follow us on social media on Instagram. I am at Combat Sports Talk. I am at CST underscore KC. That's the Twitter. And I'm talking Instagram. I am not doing well. I am. Inst- oh, sorry. Let's <laughs> go on without me. <laughs> and I am at uh, Keys to Victory. And that's Keys with an ES. All right. And KC is at Push Pull Prey. In all in one word. You can check out our website at combatsportstalk.com. Um, you can also find us on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. We now have merchandise. Just go to our website and click the merchandise link. And we up, uploaded the uh, the live event from UFC 235 with uh, featuring the double champ, George G. Money Stallworth. Hey, guys, I want to thank you guys for making some time for me to do the show this week. So thanks so much. Let's get out of here. Our theme music is composed by Scott McCurry at scottdeancountry.com. KC Onyebuchi produced our leader. I want to thank you for joining us for another edition of Combat Sports Talk. KC Onyebuchi and John Lewis. I'm Ryan Song. I'm Mike Lee.